What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Catch Up with Clayton. And as always, I'm your host, Clayton. And gosh, darn it. Every time that brings a smile to my face, I seriously can't figure out why I'm the funniest person in the entire world. But I'm sure that's something that we all believe, regardless of whether or not you believe that or not. I am looking at my microphone, and right now it's on the top of a turned over pot. It's so funny, like just, just traveling and trying to figure out a podcast setup. If you're watching on YouTube, like, you know, it took me a while to even figure out where I was going to record this to have like a decent background. I know it's just white with a little bit of a painting above, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's just fun. It's all about the experience and trying new things and new adventures. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this podcast, which is probably going to be a while. First of all, if you're listening to this, I am hopefully, who knows, right? Because life is wild. I am hopefully back in the United States. When this releases on Thursday, I believe I will be in New York. And then I have a flight back to Pittsburgh, at which point I will be driving to Maryland, which is a whole nother thing. And I will give you that report next week. So let's focus on this week and talking about new. Um, I got new foods that I tried. We've got some dope interviews coming up and hopefully you saw the podcast I released last week about my ayahuasca experience. Cause if you listen, here's the deal. If you listen to that entire thing and don't pick up on one piece of knowledge, then you have to be like an ascended master or something. And you do not belong on earth and you are, <laughs> you should not have incarnated because you should be on a higher plane of existence. Uh, so all of that to be said, that go listen to that interview. Um, in this in, in this episode, however, I'm also going to be talking about my train ride uh, to Pono from Cusco. Um, we're going to talk about some general notes about Puno in Peru overall. Going to talk about my nightmare at the Bolivian border, and it really wasn't a nightmare. I'm probably being a little bit dramatic there, but it was it was fun and got a life lesson out of it. I'm going to tell you about some guardian angels I met along the way on my travels. I figured out that I have a past life, at least one, in Bolivia, and so we will talk about that. I also visited a coca museum, which is the leaf that they use in order to make cocaine. Um, and I will, I'm not going to do it justice in this podcast, but I'm going to do my best to give you the stuff, the information I found the most interesting of the interesting information. So you're going to have to visit this museum and go to La Paz in Bolivia. I know I'll be back. And finally, today I went and visited the Gate of the Gods, and I will tell you all about that. And the Gate of the Gods is actually a Stargate, which is an interesting experience. Um, I'm making a note right now because I forgot to write a note about it. But regardless, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't prepared. All right, let's get back to it. That was. <laughs> I'm going through emotional shit right now. I'm setting boundaries and shit, and fun i guess it's interesting i'm i'm putting into practice the life lessons that i learned in my podcast episode from last week i'm applying this now and so that's why i got a little bit emotional there but <laughs> all right let's get back to it clean you're losing your mind all right start off the new foods that i've eaten and this might gross out some people but you know I, i'm all for the adventure if people say that it's something to try it's something to try uh in the past I'm trying to think of it now, but in the past I've had scorpion and something else. I, 
Because I think that might be the most extreme thing that I've eaten. And I don't know, it wasn't that bad. It was just like crunchy cardboard. Um, but let's get on with it. The other weird stuff, quote unquote weird. I did try alpaca for the first time, which kind of reminded me of like a beef tenderloin. It wasn't really anything crazy, let's say. You know, it kind of just tastes like beef. It wasn't wild. Um, when I was in Costa Rica, uh, there was a fish and I tried a fish eye and this might gross people out. Uh, but when I kind of like bit into it, it kind of just went flat. There wasn't like any, anything to it. And so that was a little weird. That was a weird thing to eat. But the weirdest thing that I ate was cooey. If you don't know, cooey is basically roasted guinea pig. And I had it whenever I was at the En Aguas Calientes. I don't know if I brought this up last week. Regardless, um, I tried it and I think you're supposed to get it crispy because I didn't get it crispy, crispy. I got it kind of chewy and the skin was difficult to eat. Uh, and with that being said, like I did eat the meat because I was sitting there like, dude, this, this guy on my plate died for me to be here eating it. So I, it would be disrespectful for me to not eat it. And that was the mentality I had with it. And so I ate it. Um, in the last note is that if you're ever like in the Cusco, Puno region, specifically Cusco, specifically Cuso, Pisac, Aguas Calientes, Odeon Tambo, you got to try the trout. The trout is next level. I had some ceviche, trout ceviche, and whew, go check out my Instagram highlights in Peru because I put that on there multiple times because it was so delicious. Moving along. We have some dope interviews coming up in the next week. Uh, the, the one I'm dropping on Monday, it was a little difficult for me to kind of like get out because it was just like kind of, it was rough. It was a hard one because I've never talked about like what we talk about in that interview. And if you follow the Instagram at traveling to consciousness, you'll already know what it's going to be about or maybe not. Maybe you'll be listening to this and I'll post it later in the day. Regardless, the point is, is that it's an interesting one. And then the one the following week, in two weeks, it gets even crazier. It gets even crazier. And I guess I'm just going to leave it at that as some teasers for the next couple of weeks. Let's get back into my week in review. Um, so those were two interviews that I did in PSAC. Uh, also, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I'm coming to you from Puno, uh, Peru right now. Um, yeah. And sorry, let me... <laughs> Puno is like... 3,825 meters above sea level, which is almost 2.5 miles. So if you hear me heavy breathing or like trying to catch my breath, I'm still trying to accumulate to this altitude uh, because I was in Cusco, which I think was like 28,000 meters. And I'm now almost, is it 50%, 50% higher up. So I got to remember to take deep breaths. You know, you got to give yourself like 12 to 24 hours to adjust. And I, I guess I still haven't fully adjusted. I don't know. I, it's just... It's wild. Um, and another interesting thing is uh, it's a lot cleaner in Puno than it was in PSAC or in Cusco. Not sure why, uh, but that was just something I noticed. I made a note here of it, and so I just put that out there. Deep breath. Breathe deep. This is a good side note. If anyone's ever going through like anxiety or you're stressed or whatever, take deep breaths because your lungs actually contract when and your heart rate increases, and so you start not bringing in as much blood. And this is actually probably something I need to think about right now, considering what I'm going through. But regardless, <laughs> let's move along. So Clayton, how did you get from Cusco to Puno? Well, that is an excellent question. So I actually took a train and it was 10 hours. 
And you might be thinking to yourself, are you crazy? And I would say maybe. And the answer is maybe. Multiple people told me that if you have the time and you have the money, you should take the train from Cusco to Punau. And I'd say that they were correct. If you're cool spending 10 hours on a train, it's worth it. They were super dope views. They had like the very last train car was basically a observatory car. So it was like basically all glass. I mean, of course, like some barriers and whatnot, but basically glass. So you could see the whole surrounding 360 view of where you were going through. The mountains are incredible. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful train ride. Uh, they had dancing. They had some like shows that they put on. I personally, it seemed a little bit more romantic in my in my um, opinion. And so by doing it solo, I was treating myself, you know, but generally speaking, I probably wouldn't do it again solo just because it was a good, it was a good first time experience, but I'll probably take a plane if I do that trip solo again. Um, but if my significant other of the future is listening, then let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, here's some general Peru notes. Uh, general notes about Peru. Number one, their Spanish is different. And they also have different dialects. They, I think they have three different languages in the region. So you need to at least have basic Spanish understanding. You don't need to. And I don't want to say should either. You can totally make it without any Spanish. You're just going to have to use a translator the whole time because nobody speaks English here. And it's pretty cool because it's helped me work on my Spanish. And I think I've made quite a few strides and bounds. So uh, conversational, I don't know if I could fully say I'm conversational in Spanish at this point, uh, but you know, it's cool. It's I, I feel like I'm pushing the limit of trilingual. I don't know what constitutes that because I am, for those who don't know, a conversational in Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese at that. And excuse me. And yeah, so I don't know at what point you become try what point you're allowed to say you're bilingual or trilingual. I feel like I can have like a in Spanish I can basically get around, figure out the basics get the general idea of what people are talking about. So to me, I guess I'm going to consider myself trilingual. If you feel like I'm not, I'm down to have that conversation because I don't know what the official air quotes declaration of being bilingual or trilingual is. Um, but regardless, yeah, I highly suggest you speak Spanish. I sat next to a guy who said he also speak, spoke Aymara, Aymara, um, and so that actually like was what sent me down this rabbit hole of like realizing that they spoke different languages. And in Peru, they actually speak over 50 different languages and that blew me away. Now, if you include dialects, that number jumps up to 72, which is bonkers in my opinion. And so talking with this guy, it was hard to understand because I'm speaking Spanish. I, again, I, I think he was saying Spanish words. My Spanish wasn't perfect, um, but you know, I was kind of figuring it out. I was basically like repeating back to him what I thought he meant. And, you know, it was, uh, it was cool. And whenever you are in another country trying to speak their language, they want to help you more because the average American, the average person doesn't do that. They just expect them to speak English. So that's a huge, huge bonus tip. If you find yourself in another country, at least learn the basics, like, hi, how are you? What's your name? Uh, you know, where are you from? I need this. I want this. How do you say that? Honestly, you could probably figure out about 10 phrases 
and get by pretty easily because people will help you out from there. So this guy that I met, it was actually in the, in a van to De Seguidera, De Seguidera. I think I pronounced that correct. It's basically the city that's on the border of Bolivia and Peru. And another side note for Peru, if you're traveling, it's a little difficult to travel because you don't just get in an Uber and it takes you one place. You kind of have to jump in like multiple different cars to get somewhere. And I'm not sure if I touched on this in the last episode. I probably did. But like with PSAC to get to Aguas Calientes, I needed to take a moto, which is like a three wheel car to downtown PSAC, take a cab from PSAC to Cusco, then get into a different taxi from Cusco to uh, Polroy, where in Polroy, then I got my train to Aguas Calientes. And that happened again here in Puno, where you kind of have to be able to just get into these different cars and just be like, are you going this way? Are you going that way? And it's funny because you'll even say to them like, hey, I'm going to Puno and they'll take you like halfway. And then you have to figure out a different way to get there. And so it, again, this is why you got to kind of work on your Spanish. If you're here, high pressure situation, make sure you're going where you want to go. Um, my nightmare at the Bolivian border. I'll shoot you guys straight. <laughs> I kind of don't want to talk about it because it's going to bring up a lot of anxiety. And even by listening, you might pick up and feel that anxiety. <sighs> so with that being said, let's set the intention now to not take on any anxiety as we listen to this story of the Bolivian border. Okay, cool. So just say that to yourself. I do not wish to bring on any anxiety. I am good to empathize, sympathize with Clayton, but I do not wish to take on the anxiety of this story. All right, cool. Now that we got that out of the way. So we arrive and I'll I'll be straight up. Something is off with me this entire trip about my travel senses. I missed a flight and then this whole thing happened. So something's been weird or off with me this whole trip. And maybe it was because I was doing ayahuasca and it's still quote unquote working on me because they say that, you know, before it and after it for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, maybe a couple months, it will still be like active. And I don't mean in a psychoactive way. I mean, in like a life lesson, let me show you the ropes. Let's test you kind of way. So the nightmare at the Bolivian border uh, so I get in line in order to get out of Peru. So they stamp me to get out of Peru. I get out of Peru. I then walk across the border to Bolivia. There's like a three hour, there's a line that's just crazy. And I believe I timed, there's like two and a half or three hours that I was standing in this line. I get up to the person who stamps your passports and he's like, okay, can you show me all your papers? And you know, I'd looked online and I don't think I didn't see anything about like papers. And I was like, um, no, <laughs> I was like, I don't have them. And he's like, all right, well, you got to go talk to this lady. And again, this is where your Spanish comes in because mine was struggling a little bit, but I was understanding it. And she was like, I gave her my passport and she's like, okay, like where are your other papers? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like other papers. I looked online and there was no other papers. Um, we're supposed to be cool. Like we're USA, you know, we get in everywhere. And yes, that was an egotistical. And I don't really believe that. Um, though I do believe that borders are ridiculous in my opinion. <sighs> Shit. I don't know if I truly believe that. Let's not get off topic here. There's a long conversation here and that needs to be had, but I get up to this lady 
and she's like, you need these papers. She takes me outside and points to this piece of paper that has all these like different requirements. It's things like electronic bank statement, um, my itinerary, electronic bank statement, my itinerary, a three by three photo of me. And there was one more thing. Um, let's just say another piece of paper. What was it? Oh, a photocopy of my passport. That's what it was. And so what I tried to do was that, and, oh, and then she's like, and I understood this. And she said, like, go outside and go to a internet cafe to print these things. And so it was Sunday at like nine, eight. Well, at this point it would have been like 10, 11 AM and I go outside and every single thing in De Seguidera, Bolivia was closed. Every single shop was closed. And I'm sitting there like, this is crazy. I start getting in my mind, like maybe I'm not supposed to go to Bolivia. Maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. And it was weird because there was like this little jolt that came into me. It was like, no, like persevere. You're going to be able to do it. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to listen to that. And so then um, I pull out my phone and I like try to manufacture like these photos that they, they want. Uh, I even take a picture of myself like in front of a white wall and try to crop it and everything. And I start like filling it out online and I get to the photo thing and it just like won't upload. It's telling me that it's the wrong file size. So I resize it using like online resizing tools. And it's still like saying that there's an error. I can't figure it out. I'm trying to ask people for help. My Portuguese isn't perfect. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, and this is going on for like 30, 30 minutes. Easy, easy, an easy, different, easy. Some was not easy, a very long 30 minutes. And I like started just getting to that point where I was just like, this is fucking crazy. Um, and then I come across these two guys who are like, oh yeah, like, you know, they seem like they ran the place. Like they could just get me in for free. I was, or like, it like kind of smuggled me in almost. And I was like, all right, cool. Talk to them. And so I started talking to them and they seem like they're getting the hookup going. And then some other guy, and then they give my papers to some other guy, my documents, my, uh, basically my passport, they give it to some other guy and he comes and he's like, Oh, like you got to actually like get all these things printed out. And I'm like, fuck, not this again. And so then to him, I'm like, okay, where do I do this? And he's like outside. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm about to smash my head into a wall. I'm like, dude, look outside. I was like, just take a peek because it's not far. There's like a street and you can see everything that's closed. I'm like, look outside. Like everything's closed. And he's like kind of curious. And so he starts like, he leaves the building for maybe 10 minutes. And when he comes back in, he's like, Oh, you can go to like the Peruvian side and get these printed out and, and then come back. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, cool, cool. I can do that. Um, and I like confirmed with him. I was like, it's cool to go back into Bolivia and get these printed. Like to me, that was like strange. I was like, I don't have to go through immigration. He's like, no, 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 just go through, print out your things and come back. And so I was like, okay, all right. So I, I walk all the way across the border. I'm being dramatic here. It wasn't that far, but you know, it's, it's mental. It became mental at this point. Walk across the border. I go to this, like basically FedEx store where they have like a printer and scanner and I give them a picture. I give them my I gave him my passport and I gave him a picture of myself to print out. So he prints these out. And at first he prints out a, he like starts messing. I, I like, I, I like tell him that I need a three by three photo of myself. And 
he like he's like oh okay and so he copies and pastes it into this word document i wish i still had the word document but he like resized all of them so that it's like a picture it's a <laughs> imagine a document with maybe 20 pictures of me but they're all different sizes it was the funniest fucking thing to look at i should have just taken a picture and i was just like all right whatever like let's go back to the border <laughs> let's go back to uh bolivia and get in so i go back up to the lady walk across the bridge and i give her my papers which is my passport photocopy of my passport and my my face i have my uh, bank statement up ready to show her i have my itinerary up ready to show her and she's like, these aren't all the papers. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you need to print off all of these papers that I showed you on this list. And I'm like, uh, again, this comes back to why you should learn Spanish if you go to this area. And I was just like, this is such a nightmare. I was like, this has to be the biggest nightmare in my entire life. And, um, <laughs> and so I take a screenshot of my bank statement. I take a screenshot of uh, my itinerary, which was just one night, mind you, I'm going there for one night, go all the way back to Peru. I give the pictures to the dude to print out. He prints them out. Um, he prints out my bank statement. He burns out another like three by three photo of me, but just one on this, because I was like, dude, I don't want to mess with like this, like weird cropping and shit. So just one picture, just let's just print that out and put it on here. And he's like, okay, cool. So so he prints out like a picture of my hotel stay, a picture of my bank statement, and then one more picture of just my face, but just one photo this time. So I go all the way back to Bolivian border and I show her the papers and the documents and she's like a little bit happier. She's like, oh, you figured it out. <laughs> Good for you. Let me pat you on the back. <laughs> and I give her it and she gets to the last two, which is like my photo. And she's like, or, well, the first one was like just a, she's like, I, she goes through my papers and she's like, I need your itinerary. You didn't print out your itinerary. And I kind of didn't understand her. And then she pulls out someone else's and like, shows me that they like put the dates next to it, wherever, where they were going. And I was like, Oh, I was like, well, like, I'm only going to be in here for one night. Like, here's my hostel. Like, you know, that's what I printed out. And she's like, you're only coming for one night. And I was like, yeah, it's a lot of problems for one night. <laughs> so we shared a good laugh over that. And, uh, and then it came to the picture cause I gave her the sheet of paper that was only the one picture. And, um, because I didn't want to give her the one with like 20 pictures of me. I didn't know what they would think. And so then she's like, okay. And she starts processing it. And then she's like, oh, I need another picture of you. I'm like, what do you mean you need another picture of me? I was like, what more do you want? And, and then she was like, just, do you have another picture like this? And so then I pull out the other piece of paper that has like 20 pictures of myself. And I'm like, is this enough? <laughs> Oh man, I was, it was crazy. Um, and so she took that, you know, cost, I think like a hundred bucks to get in or 160 bucks to get in or something. And I was just like, this is so crazy. Uh, so I got in at the end of the day, I got in, we shared a good laugh about it. Um, and life lessons, this is, this is, this is what it's all for guys It's for the life lessons. This is what we're going to get into now. Life lesson number one, pay attention to the small details. This is a big one for me that comes up quite a bit. I've seen this in my career in software engineering, and I'm seeing it coming back up in my travels. Pay attention to the small details. 
And if you don't, you're going to have to keep redoing things. You're going to have to keep walking back over the Peruvian Bolivian borders in order to get the papers that you need. That's the way this world works. I guess, I guess I didn't know I'm still learning. <laughs> the other life lesson is that you can be active. And I think this is a very important one because remember back in the story when I said, okay, maybe I'm just not supposed to go to Bolivia. I usually am operating from a place of it is what it is, right? I'm not supposed to go. Okay. This is a sign. I'm not supposed to go. Okay. I'm not supposed to do that. All right. Like it, which is a much more passive role in your life. And this scenario reminded me that you can be active, have an active role. When someone says, no, you're able to persevere through it. That's a very possible situation to do and to proceed through. So you can be active. And it's important for what's going to come up later in this podcast, because if I didn't go to Bolivia, I wouldn't have figured out the rest of these things. So remember that is that you can be active in creating your life. We are active in creating our life. So maybe that's just was, this was my way of being reminded that you can and are active in the process of creating your life. When, you know, I've been operating from a place of is what it is, which I do believe, but you are able to even push through that belief system, if that makes sense. Cool. So let's move along. I'm in Bolivia now. I'm in Bolivia. I'm in Desaguadero, Bolivia, and I have no clue where to get a taxi. I ended up walking. I kept asking people. And again, that's, again, this comes back to directions, learning Spanish. I'm like, Hey, where, how do I get to La Paz? And they kept like saying, Oh, like two blocks this way, make a left, make a right. Or and they weren't using Spanish the entire time, mind you. They were using some other dialects and their different languages. I'm like, all right, I think I understand. So I get a little bit closer, ask another person. A little bit closer, ask another person. Finally, I find a car that's taking people to, Des- or to La Paz, but not even to La well, Okay, to La Paz, right? Quote, unquote, going to La Paz. And I'm like, okay, cool. Sorry, the kids are running around on the outside. Not mine. Can't control them. So I got to just tell you, it is what it is. <laughs> Excuse me. So make our way into the taxi. The taxi takes us almost to La Paz. Takes us to El Alto, which is just outside of La Paz. La Paz is more of like down in the canyon type place. So I'm getting out of the ta- Like I'm looking at my map. I'm like, we're not even near La Paz because I asked this dude before going in. I was like, can you take me to Grand, or what did I say? Grand Central? It's not called Grand Central. It was called uh, Estacion Central. It's the central station in La Paz. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we stop and everyone starts getting out. And I'm like, this isn't La Paz. I'm looking at my phone. I know where we're at. And he's like, oh, yeah, you, you, da, 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 La Paz. I'm like, dude, that was really fast and I'm not understanding. And, um, a guy that was behind me in the taxi. And I think I actually got him in my, I wonder if he was in my uh, Instagram uh, story on that one picture. Regardless, he comes out of the taxi with me. At which point uh, he's, I'm telling the dude, I'm like, Hey, I'm trying to go to Grant's or central station in La Paz. And the dude's like, Oh yeah, I got you. I got you. Follow me, follow me. So we get out of the car. <coughs> Excuse me. So we get out of the car at L, uh, El Alto, El Alto, which is kind of like a suburb of La Paz. Speaking of La Pazing, I need to get a quick water break. And this dude, super cool. Helped me out to the extreme. We uh, ended up getting in 
this gondola. And so it's so cool because I don't think there's any other gondolas in South America from what people told me. And again, I might have butchered that because it was difficult to understand, but I was understanding. And so he takes me into uh, kind of this like gondola and we go up in the gondola and then we go down and it was so freaking beautiful, guys. Like if you have a second, go onto my Instagram story and click on uh, the highlight, which for Bolivia, because it'll show you the, it'll show you the, the, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It'll show you the beauty, the absolute beauty of this gondola ride and the beauty of La Paz. Like I, I kid you not just that area, that, that place was just so incredible. And this dude who was helping me out, his name was Hako which I found so funny because I started this trip in Hako, Costa Rica. That was the first place I went to with uh, James and Chris way back when <sighs> it was so wild. And so I found that hilarious that his name was Hako and we get there and he starts like wanting to show me around the city. I'm like, Hey, like I want to check out all these places. I need to check into my hostel here, but I want to see the city. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. So we check into the hostel and he starts like showing me around everywhere. And it was so, it was cool. It was dope. I had like my own tour guide. This dude was super cool. Like I, I legitimately think he was like a guardian angel and I actually have a guardian angel help me out later, but we'll get to that. Um, and so as we're walking around, this is where it gets creepy as we're walking around. I'm like, this is so beautiful. They had incredible architecture and it was incredible, but it was interesting because the more we were walking around the more sunk in this like deep knowing and feeling that I had been here before. And now I'm, I just thought of that in my head. And as I thought of that, he asked me, uh, Hako asked me if I liked, I liked being here. And I said something to the cadence of like, I think I've been here before. And he was like, Oh, you, I thought you said this was your first time. And I was like, yeah, the first time in this life, and then the second time I said it, I said it with like a little bit more emphasis. I was like, I've been here before in a past life. And whenever I said it, I felt this energy just like kind of shoot through me of this, like knowing of like a hard, yes, like you are correct feeling. And, and it was crazy. I, I was like, I was kind of blown away by it. I was like, holy shit, I've been here before. I was like, I'm gonna have to go into the records about this later. and. What was also interesting, and this is going to pertain to my, um, my record story as well, is that I was texting somebody. I don't even know if she listens to the podcast. Maybe she listens to the Catch Up with Clins, but I don't think she listens to the long form ones. Shout out to you if you're listening. <laughs> but I texted her and I was like, hey, like, you know, I feel it in my DNA that I'm going to be back to Bolivia. Like this was, this was literally like right whenever I got through the border security, I was like, hey, I made it in like. I'm certain that I'm going to be back to this place already. Like I already know it. It's in my DNA. I knew it at just like a DNA level. So flash forward back into, um, after Hako showed me around and everything, I basically, uh, that night I needed to take it easy because I was traveling for like 10 hours, 12 hours, something crazy. So <clears throat> went back into the records. I went into the records with this intention of being like, yo, what the fuck is going on with the Bolivia? And here's what I figured out. The first thing I figured out is that I have actually had multiple Bolivian past lives. And only one of them was in La Paz. So, and only put that in air quotes. So one of them was in La Paz and I've had multiple Bolivian past lives. And 
even as I say that, I'm feeling it's crazy. I'm kind of getting like more emotional about this. Like I'm feeling energy go through my body. And it was fascinating too, because I also confirmed with like the records that they confirmed that I'd be back in Bolivia. And they were like, yeah, you're going to be back here. Like you're not done with this place in this life. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm starting to get that. I believe it's clear. It's either clear sentence or clairvoyance. Whenever you can just feel, uh, someone have to remind me on that one. When you can just feel like that energy. So beautiful, man. I, I love it. This is such an amazing journey. And I'm talking about life at this point. Um, so it was cool. Bolivia is super. I mean, La Paz was just the energy of it. Like, the way seeing the mountains, and I think that's a personal thing that I enjoy seeing are mountains whenever you're walking around. But again, that energy and that knowing, it was so profound. And it's just imp- almost impossible to put into words to someone who may not have felt that before. But it is very much real. The next super dope thing that I did in La Paz, and there were many things, was visit the Coca Museo do Coca which is the museum of coca and it was a whole history it was a super dope museum um i got to try coca leaves so like you just put it in your gums and it kind of creates this almost like an effect like caffeine but it is so much more healthier for you than caffeine and they would talk about how people in central america would work wait not central america south america but like central south america you know like the like the bolivian uh, peruvian region of south america i think it even it's really i guess worth the rainforest touches too because i knew it was in brazil as well and argentina so it's i guess it's really all over um, south america or at least it used to be but the point was is that it would increase productivity it would increase work it was super beneficial for these people like from a health perspective i remember seeing i think i have it down here 100 grams of coca leaves are more nutrient dense listen to this than nuts then fruits, and then vegetables. Coca leaves are more nutrient-dense per gram than veggies, fruits, and nuts, which is crazy to me. I also know that there was a 1975 Harvard study that basically outlined all of this. So if you're curious about it at a deeper level, look up like a 1975 Harvard study where they went super deep into it. And guys, the coca leaf was like, it was like super profound for them. Um, and it's really crazy too, because I have a picture here of, you know, one of the things that they were talking about and, and basically like, according to legend, whenever the gods like gave them the coca is like, you know, one of the shamans like knew just like, it, it was basically like, they basically were told like, you know, this plan is for you. You can use it wisely, but whenever people come searching for gold, they will abuse this and it will become you know, it can be used in a bad way, essentially. And it's crazy because that's actually what happened. Uh, basically, whenever the Spaniards came and invaded, uh, you know, South America, completely wiping out the indigenous people, uh, they basically said that the coca leaf was a plant from the devil, which is always fucking hilarious to me because it literally says in Genesis that God gave every seed, I'm going to misquote it, but every stick and stem, every seed and plant was like given to humans. So it's always hilarious to me whenever people try to claim that the devil gave you this plant, this plant is from the devil. Um, but, (laughs) but it's really important to note here, like the coca leaf is different than cocaine. 
there's a process that it goes through to actually make cocaine. And they showed you in the museum and like, I am probably never going to touch cocaine again because of how destructive they use, like they put in hydrogen peroxide. It's like gasoline. People will like stomp on the coca leaves in order to create it. So many terrible things went into this. I actually kind of stopped reading it because I was like getting grossed out by it. But you, excuse me, you got to go. You'll learn everything there is to learn about the coca leaf, the history of it, the way it's used. And so then now, uh, select groups in Bolivia are actually allowed to produce it, have it. Uh, it's kind of controlled. It's a controlled substance, but it's like it's controlled, but like they allow people and like there's like a heritage with it and everything. Oh yeah, they were even like using it for spiritual type stuff and like predicting people's for, for, you know, fortune, future fortunes. Wow, I can't talk. I'm getting along here. They were using it to predict other people's futures. That's the word. Wow. See, this is what happens when you become trilingual. You forget your, your base language words. Oh, I kid. The point though is, is that it was just, this leaf was so impactful for their entire city, their civilization, everything. It was beyond amazing. Um, and speaking of the Spanish coming in, this actually relates to what I just experienced today was I went to the gate of the gods. The gate of the gods is basically, well, in short, it's a stargate. It's one of many on this earth. And it's kind of carved into this rock in the side of the mountain. It's pretty cool because of how big it is and beautiful. And so to, to give some history, and this is where it relates to the Spanish is that in the late 16th century, when this, or in the early late 16th century, whenever the Spanish invaded, uh, basically they were going after all the priests because the priests were the people who were connected to the spirit world. And what happened was, is actually one of the priests with help of the other priests, like kind of, this is of course according to legend got to the gate and using a sun uh what's it called like a sun a sundial or sun token you have to look it up for me to be more specific it was like a seven sun medallion of some sort or emerald went up to the gate pushed it into it and this unearthly blue like realm was opened up to him and it was said that he passed through it and never to be seen again. The idea is, is that he moved on to the plane of the gods, like the God plane of existence. And where it gets crazy is this, like many other things were actually lost to the sands of time because when the Spanish crushed, you know, did what they did, a lot of things were never kind of discovered again. So what happened was, is it wasn't refound until 1996. And why this is important is because of the dude who found it. His name's Jose. I forget his last name, but I'll look it up and put it in the notes. And whenever he found it in 1996, he actually passed out, or at least he almost passed out. And the reason he passed out was because he had seen this door, never hearing about the rumors, never hearing about anything. He had seen this door in his dreams for years, for almost his entire life. And it, it floored him. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to think. He had had dreams of this door opening up and there being like a spirit realm on the other side. He also says though, in his dream that it was like a, it was like a pink brick, like walkway leading up to the gate and there were pink statues and it was just incredible. And so of course, not sure if you saw my Instagram, but none of those are really 
there to the day, of course. Uh, but he knew unmistakably based on the outline of the door, which is a very basic shape, but he knew instantly that this was it. And his family even confirmed it. They were like, yeah, our son has been crazy obsessed about this dream that he keeps having over and over again. And so in his words, he was truly led to this door to find this door. And he believes it was a part of his life mission. And I'm truly grateful for him because I got to see it myself and it was pretty dope. And what was pretty interesting is that I actually sat on a rock in front of it. It's pretty crazy that there's like this, basically this rock you can sit on in front of it and start meditating. And (laughs) this is where it gets creepy. So take it or leave it. And kind of how I've experienced ayahuasca or how I've experienced, oh, that's interesting. Or how I experienced shrooms, like doing it in a medical setting. You can't see it with your eyes, but there's like this knowing and this like pineal gland vision that you see. And what I saw was, is actually, I don't really know how to describe the person. I guess he would have been kind of Peruvian, came out of the door and like reached out for my hand. And so I was like basically talking to him. I was like, you want me to get up and follow you? And he's like, yeah. And so I got up and stood basically in the doorway and put my hands on the doorway, at which point I started meditating again, closed my eyes. And, you know, I kind of went with the intention, like, it would be dope if you guys showed me what's on the other side here. I'm down for it. Like, just make sure I can stay on this earthly plane. Like when I come back and they were like, okay. And so I put my hands on it. And I kind of like fell into it. Like there was this feeling like, so I kind of put my weight on my hands and there was almost like it was like an astral body or something felt like it was falling into the door. Like, it's kind of like if you put your hand on something and it starts to fall down, that's what it felt like. And I kind of, I kind of snapped out of it whenever I felt that, uh, cause it kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> So whether that was in my head or that actually happened on an astral plane, I'll let you decide. And also another thing to mention is that whenever that dude, I kind of saw that dude come out and, you know, extend his hand for mine. I saw like, like behind him, the door turned into almost like space. It was like all black, but stars and the star, there were so many stars, but not enough where it wasn't like, just a whiteout. I could tell it was space and there was all these stars. And so look, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Don't know if you want to believe, don't know if you believe me. Don't care if you believe me. This is just what I experienced and what happened whenever I meditated. So yeah, I'll for sure be back in this area. Is my microphone plugged in? Okay, cool. That would have been terrible. (laughs) Um, So I'll certainly be back to this region because there's actually another Stargate that's within what was it? 75 miles of the place, but it's in Bolivia. And I, it was going to be difficult in order for me to figure out how how to figure that out, but so cool. So, um, I'll definitely be back in this region. I know for sure. Uh, as was confirmed by the Akashic records. Oh, I also went into the Akashic records. Whenever I was at the gate of the gods, I walked up on top of the door and entered the Akashic record. And what they told me was, is that the story about the, um, the story, the legend of the, uh, da, 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 da. the legend of the priest that went through it. They said that it was pretty much accurate. They said there's a couple details that were 
wrong, but for the most part, there was nothing that needed to be corrected because for the majority of it, it was correct in its entirety. Again, that's another take it or leave it. Um, and quite frankly, this is the longest catch with Clayton ever, which is crazy to me. So yeah, uh, hopefully I'm back in the States at this point. Um, this place has been a wild training ground. And so I'm super grateful for that. Grateful for all the people I met along the way. Um, kind of getting exhausted. I I had a lot of dope food here, so I'm getting kind of tired. They had really nice ice cream. I'm starting to ramble. Don't know if you want to hear that guys, please, please, please. If you can go rate this five-star review on wherever, because if you listen to this much, you love hearing me. That means more people like you are going to love hearing me. So share it with people, leave a review on wherever you listen to it. It means the world to me helps this reach more people, helps expand more minds and download the app. I also have an app. Um, I really don't put a lot of ads into these catch up with cleans because I want people to just take them or leave them. Uh, but those are really my plugs. Download my app, download the traveling to consciousness app, rate five star. If you have some, you know, value exchange you want to do, drop me like get on the Patreon and yeah, if there's some way I could provide more value, I'm always working on it. So I'm going to figure that out as well. But with all that being said, conscious monkeys, I will see you all in the sixth dimension.